0: Welcome to the Dumfries and Galloway Rugby Podcast. It must be on or at least past one o'clock on Wednesday afternoon when you're listening to this, because that's when our new episodes come out every single week, just like clockwork. And this one is episode 22. Now, John and I have just a wee bit of time to get ourselves sorted for what will be a flurry of guests coming onto the pod in the next couple of weeks, I'm sure, as we come to the end of the season and figure out how our beloved Dumfries and Galloway rugby clubs have got on this year. It's going to be a hectic time with a lot to look back on and a lot to discuss with whoever is brave enough to join us here at DGRP. But for today, and for the first time in quite a while, we have a whopping eight games to preview this week and with no guest for this week john and i are buzzing to break each and every single one of them down for you before that however john how are you mate and did you enjoy the end of the six nations it's another year done and dusted which is always quite gutting but it's been another class tournament
1: yeah it's been it's been a really good six nations the the standard of northern hemisphere rugby now is I would probably go as far to say is outshining what's happening in the in the southern hemisphere. So yeah, really exciting times as we go into the 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 World Cup cycles and things are starting to get heated, a little inter-rivalry, it'll be it's a really exciting time as you say. I didn't catch a lot of the games this weekend, I'll be honest, because I had family commitments with my little niece's uh, birthday party, but... I did sneakily have the phone on my lap watching through some of the games, so I managed to catch some of them, So, but what a tournament it has been, it has been some fantastic rugby being played.
0: Now, what are your, what are your kind of thoughts for the teams? Obviously, we want to spend a little bit of time on Scotland, but we've got to say Ireland deserved winners, France played some, probably the best rugby, fantastic rugby, champagne rugby. Happy Scotland to to finish third. Happy to finish above England. It was it was yeah, as we say, another good tournament and an interesting table.
1: Ireland are absolutely unbelievable at the minute. It is scary how good they are under Joe Smith. You know they 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 played tactical. They played probably played the the numbers game, putting in kicks, applying some pressure, waiting for mistakes, taking the penalties. I don't want to say it was it was it was boring rugby, but you know they had such firepower in their in their team that they just weren't utilizing it in my my opinion but now under under Faro you know they've just cut loose haven't they they are they are firing from everywhere they've got threats all over the place that that kicking game is now they're going to kick to try and retain the ball get the ball back and play against you an unstructured play and just tearing teams apart Their physicality their players ability just to adapt you know how many teams could go two hookers down when they when they played in that Scotland game and and let their let their back rower throw throw in in the line out and then putting fifty fifty odd points on some of the teams and just yeah they were just phenomenal they're going into this clearly number one in the world and you know they'll be buzzing for a for a World Cup
0: and of course we have to mention Scotland we've got to be happy with with a third place finish another Calcutta Cup. And interesting rugby as well. You know, it was it was always exciting. We ran France close, red cards. Italy ran us close, and then we score in overtime. And yeah, another another world win for Scotland. But we've got to be happy come the end of it.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of those ones. You know, the the, the rugby's good, but we're still we're still not winning those big games. That's what's going to. Be make you successful. You know, Scotland again having a having a, another good six nations, but you know, there were what, twenty, twenty, just shy of twenty points worse than um worse off than when they played Ireland. As you say, they ran they ran French close, but then we ended up pretty close to Italy and we we scored in the last minute to really make it a decent looking score line come the end. We managed to put thirty odd points past Wales. Again, it's just that consistency of making sure that we we're able to put in those performances every week, week in, week out, because when you come to a World Cup, you lose one game, you're you're on the back foot. And of course we've got a horrible, horrible group to be to be getting out of the pools. So we've got to be on the ball from the minute we, we land in France and, and play those games and be firing if we're going to have any chance of getting out of those pools and and into any sort of knockout, knockout footy.
0: Now, Don, we can't put Six Nations 2023 to bed without rounding it all off and having a final look at the fantasy. So, as I said, every single week there's plenty left to play for, and that was definitely true in that final week because there's actually been quite a lot change. The top three moving up from fourth into that bronze space, stealing a bronze space, is Steely,
1: right? Then we've had... David, David, David Steele. Yeah, David Steele. You confuse everybody when, when, when you go second place. Exactly, yeah, of course.
0: David Steele. Then climbing three spaces, stealing silver, is Jack Steele. Now, we know it was most likely that Mr. Rousey Rams was going to win. And absolutely congratulations to him. When I go through the Hall of Fame, you will not be surprised why. But both Steely and Jack Steele, stealing it on, (laughs) literally stealing it on the last round, both earning a top three finish. Now, Don, you finished seventh. You moved up four places in the last round. And as did I. Now, it's not a good finish, but for the first time in, what, the whole tournament, I broke the top 20 with a plus four. And I finished about, and with that top four and with that last round, I finished about 16 points above Sandy Curry. So that that last pip has to be, you have to be pretty happy with that. But John, yourself, top 10 finish, seventh, climbed up four places what tournament it was and as I said everything to play for in the last round and things certainly changed
1: yeah it just these wee fantasy things just make it really interesting Dave. whenever you the the limitation of of four players from each squad you've got to try and guess so not only are you guessing the results so you're you're back in you know you're back in the likes of France you're back in the likes of uh, Ireland to do really well. You've then got to look at the other teams and go, Italy. Who's their big game players? How are they playing? Who's who's going to be the ones that's going to get you the most points? And you end up watching the games and you're sort of half cheering them on to to do well and get you some points. And you're looking at, you know, try to get the, the try scorers because they're the ones that are going to give you the points. So said it. Makes it really interesting. It makes it a bit of fun. A bit of fun. And yeah, I'm I'm absolutely stoked with that with a top ten finish. Normally, I'm, same as you, I'm te- generally rotten at these things, but somehow I've managed to to pull something off this, this year and the top 10 finish I'm chuffed with.
0: And we should also say, Rousey Rams, he's definitely one I'm going to be messaging next year when me and my mates put a tenner or 15 quid into each of the stupid leagues I do and I have to pay up all the money come the end of the Six Nations because there's six awards you can win in your leagues. And five of them have gone to Rousey Rams. The number of game days won, best score point achieved in a game round, number of tries scored, average points for captain, and sum of points earned for your super sub, all won by Rousey Rams. The only other one was the wall, which is an award that goes to the number of successful tackles. And that was not Rousey Rams. Surprisingly, that was TT. So, well done to everyone. Now, we were hoping for a bit of excitement on Sunday as well, John. We had Super Saturday, of course, with all the Six Nations games. And then the only game we had, and we were very much looking forward to Kelso versus Shire in the women's game. But unfortunately, it's yet another one that we have to chalk down to being cancelled.
1: Yeah, we did say last week that by the looks of things, Kelso had been struggling the last few weeks to get to get a team out to travel, so unfortunately that that was the case with that Shire game being called off. So yeah, it's a, a frustrating one, but Shire go through to the next round because it's uh, indeed the cup the cup fixtures. So they they get the win, they get moved on. Good luck to them in the next in the next fixtures that they have.
0: Now, John, I wanted to ask you about. Something with all these cancellations, with these kind of rearranged fixtures. It's obviously my first. This is my first season in Dumfries and Galloway Rugby, and I just wonder. And for people out there that have maybe started listening or started getting into the rugby, they might not know. Either is this quite a recurring theme with with? Well, I know the the weather in Scotland. You don't need to tell me about that. is a is a recurring theme, but the the cancellations, the the league seasons going on a bit longer than. Then maybe the SRU one or the clubs won. Or, you know, for example, if I just have a look at Stewartry's table, solely because, you know, that's the one I look at when it comes to the games I'm going to be playing in. There are teams like Annan and Ardrossan that have one game left. We at Stewartry have two. East Kilbride, Kilmarnock have four. I know that Lindsay are playing us this weekend, which will come to. And then they play again on the 20th of. April. You know, they've got a, still another month to go of of normal league action rugby. East Kilbride Kilmarnock have four games. It's incredible. Is this a recurring theme?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, it is, it is generally a recurring theme. I think in my, all my years of playing rugby, I think I only once managed to finish a league season on time, and that was the league season where she won the league and that was probably February our league finished. So it, it's all dependent on your on on your leagues and how many fixtures you have to play and, and when they schedule them. So there will be some leagues out there that have already finished. You know, there'll be teams in the cup runs now that will have no league rugby and they need to wait two, three, four weeks before before their cup fixtures get played. And there's other leagues where the season just drags on and drags on and drags on. Now, there is a there is a closed time policy at Scottish Rugby where there is a cut-off where all the league games have to be finished by that date. And if they don't get finished by that date, then there's a, a sort of mechanism that comes into place where they can, if it becomes down to promotions, uh, they can try and guesstimate where, where things are going to end up. Generally, the clubs are pretty good at getting getting the season finished before that close time if they're in the running for a promotion or a relegation. There is a few clubs who just stop playing and say, "Listen, we'll take the points deductions, we'll go into the the closed season and we'll just reset if they're sort of mid table it doesn't It doesn't happen very often that scenario, but I have seen it in the past a few times. Scottish rugby do try really hard to try and make sure that the fixtures are played on time there is so much flexibility allowed so clubs can play midweek they can play on alternative days they can you know try and get the, those fixtures played if it's really important to the club and, and it's really important to the league positions um but yeah generally this, this is part of the reason why they're going down to 10 team 10 team leagues Ross is basically to try and make sure that they condense the season, they know the season, games get cancelled and moved on. And the league just sort of runs out of steam a little bit. I was fine. I don't know if you as a player, but you, you tend to get to around about this time of year and you're like, you know, the league season should be finished. Obviously, you've got the excitement of the cup, but, you know, league rugby does seem to go on an awful long time in Scotland.
0: Yeah, me personally, I'm kind of, as you say, it kind of gets to that stage where my mind starts shifting towards sevens, maybe not right now, but you know, in at least a month's time, you're getting you're getting yourself ready for sevens. So you're not and when you've still got the cup, you don't want to be worrying too much about about the league fixtures, but obviously they matter. It's quite tough to for I'm sure it is tough for some teams when, when you've still got a hell of a long way to go and it feels like you've been playing the season forever. You know, there's there's as I say, there's teams that have four or five games left. That'll take them to even if they play consecutively for the next five weekends, which some of them can't. That'll take them into
1: take them into May, and May May is the close day. So there, there's I think I can't I don't know the date off the top of my head, but there is a there is a date in May where you're you're not allowed to play to play past that. But yeah, now nah, listen, that it, it is what as we know what pitches are like in Scotland. It does happen games get cancelled because of that and because of the weather. But also it's really interesting because we should probably do a little poll on this actually because I go and sit in quite a few meetings about. Uh, league reviews and season structures and, and all that all that sort of uh, stuff and it's you don't think about it but it's really interesting because clubs look at it as they need quite a few home fixtures in order to get gate money to get money behind the bar to sponsors lunches and hospitality and all the rest of it so clubs rely on those home games to to drive their funding to get to get the money behind the bar to get the money into the club that they can then. Uh, reinvest in in the buses and the transport. But at the same time, players are sort of asking for a shorter season so that, you know, they get a chance of a pre you get a chance of a rest. You finish in May. I mean most clubs will probably start their pre season. What July? June? June time? July time? So you can get a good six weeks run into the run into the league campaign. Generally, you know, you're looking for at least a minimum of six weeks before before you're hitting a league a league rugby. And the seasons sort of creeping closer and closer and closer to try and avoid those winter months, so it's a real interesting balancing act on on how the the need for a club to maintain its finances and sort of player welfare and and player engagement is try to find that balancing act in the middle as to what is the best what is the best option in ten team leagues as the as the suggestion that seems to be the middle ground where they wanted. Clubs were wanting 12, players were wanting 8, so meet in the middle in, say, 10-team leagues. We'll see We'll see if that makes a difference. We'll see if that changes what's happening because, you know, with all these cancellations of players not being able to travel, it does throw a, a big spanner in the works in terms of, you know, there's a new National 4. Is that the right call? It's the right call for the teams that are going to be playing in the National 4. But, you know, we'll we'll talk about it later on in the pod about you know, how many teams are maybe not not refusing relegation, but sorry, promotion, but opting out of being promoted into a national league because the travel costs and the commitment to the travel is too much for them. And therefore they, they pull out of that, that option and continue to play in the regional leagues and how some of the teams in the national leagues are struggling for their players as well. So they they might even opt to drop down into the regional leagues so that they can, they can fulfill their fixture. It's a it's a real challenge. And it's real balancing act, as I keep saying about where the state of the game is and and what we what Scottish rugby are trying to do, what i are trying to do, what players are trying to do, coaches. It's so many stakeholders trying to make the best plan for them. Is is what the difficulty.
0: Well, hopefully we can get the fixtures this weekend played. As I said, we've got eight really really good games. Got five in the men's and three in the women's, which is great to see. And we start as always with Newton Stewart.
1: They go away to Berwick. Yeah, when you when you look back, Newton's last fixture against Berwick, fifty nine five. They got off to a real flyer, and Wiley was really happy with that that performance. So he's going to be looking for that for the same again. You know, Newton are going into these these last couple of games with a. With a real intent, they, they know fine well that they need to go unbeaten in their next, I think it's three games they've got, the next three games to try and make sure that they put themselves in the best position to beat Falkirk and Ackies towards that first place position and that that promotion, uh, that league championship. So Falkirk and Ackies still have to play each other. So depending on the outcome of that, we'll, we'll dictate whether Newton Stewart have have a chance or not, but with the ball in Newton's hands, they they have to go into these games, rack up as many points as they can, and they've got the capability as we say, 59-5 the last time these two teams met, but at Berwick, it's a slightly different challenge uh, for Newton, so it'll be interesting to see how they go on. Again, while he's going in with the, with the favourite tag, but he'll be putting himself as a one-point underdog to to say that, you know, up Berwick, Berwick is a difficult prospect. And it is. You know, you've got to back Newton in that case, where they are in the league, where they are in the that journey for that promote that first place position. They you know find out what they've got to do, they've got a job to do it. It's over to the boys to go and do it.
0: And it's definitely up for the boys down at Dumfries as well, who are trying to stick in for these last couple of games, I think, and and finish as high up as possible, finish as, as strong as possible. For a bit more of a resurgence next season,
1: but this weekend they're also away and they're going to Bournemouth. These are the games that Saints are going to be targeting. Gav Gav knows fine well that I think it's eighth eighth place in the league is the is the cut off point for those guys the, the, to risk the the relegation into the into National Four. So Saints are sitting at that eighth position. So again, they need to win at least two, maybe even three, all three of the the last couple of games. And it starts with Boromir. Boromir's two positions in the league below them. Last time they played Saints beat them 51-14. We know that that was the, the domination of the scrum. So that again they're going to be they're going to be looking for that sort of intensity in the in the forward pack to really take it to Borough Muir and then hope that their their back line fires and they and they get some they get some playoff of that. They've not had a great run of fixtures the last the last couple of weeks. Some real tough games and they've been pipped at the post a few of them. They they need to get back on back on track and make sure that they are finishing in that eighth position so that they can keep their the league position secure.
0: Now as I mentioned Lindsay, they are they're coming to Greenlaw this weekend. And like I said before, it's just it's a very odd point in the season because they're playing this weekend and then not playing again until I believe I'm right in saying around the twentieth of April, which is a whole whole month from or at least three weeks from this weekend's fixtures. So tough to kind of build some momentum in these kind of times, but they played well against Stewartry in their home game. That was my first first game for, for Sandy and the boys, and this time they're coming to Greenlaw.
1: I mean Lens Lindsay are no mugs, they're sitting fourth fourth in the league. So it's gonna be a real a real challenge. At home, you've you've got it back you've got it back Stewartry. Lindsay traditionally don't travel particularly well down to down to Greenlaw. Historically it's a it's a different kettle of fish at home. They're they're really, really difficult to beat at home. But Stewartry's form at home this season has been, has been pretty outstanding. They've managed to eke out wins. They've managed to put in some, some real big wins. The only blotch in their performance has been the, that, that Garnock game, which was the, the league decider, which was a absolutely tremendous game. Both teams played, played in that real well. So performance wise, they, they've managed to pull out good performances at home. But crunch time in the season, we know that. Stewartry again historically have had that ability to trip themselves up to go into a game undercooked, have the complacency, and and end up getting found out. And Lindsay's going to know that, having watched them, having watched their their performance or their score certainly against uh, East Cobride. And they'll think to themselves, you know, we've got half a chance of going down there and catching Stewartry sleeping now that, you know, the, the challenge or the the chase for that league position, that first place position is is now gone. But Stewartry are playing for that second place. They're playing for that promotion into national four. So they need to make sure that they're on the ball and they, they can't afford any more slip-ups now because although Cumnock have lost a couple of games more than they have, Cumnock will be waiting in the wings to try and pick up some, some more wins and, and really try and apply some pressure onto, onto Stewartry and force them the whole way. So it's a real interesting run into the season for those three teams that we've just talked about. And now, as I say, crunch time.
0: Yeah, interesting run into the end of the season for for the three teams, as we just mentioned. And I'm interested as well to hear about the next two teams because I don't know a hell of a lot about them. The first one we have is Shire. They're going away and they're playing
1: Glasgow Uni Medics. Shire on the travels. I mean, they are sort of real... Promotion hopes are certainly gone now, so they're they're looking for performances. They're looking to build on on what they've learned this season and continue that, so they can start building into pre season, as you say, consolidate and go again into the next week, into next year. Sorry, Glasgow Uni Medics have really struggled this season. They've only won the three the three games, been on the end of some some fairly heavy losses actually. So Shire will be going into this thinking to themselves that they. Should be winning this game, but again, it's that that level of consistency, putting in a performance week in week out. If if you're going to win a championship, you need to make sure that you are consistent every week, and that's what's let down certainly Shire this season when they've they've gone to places where they should be winning games. They, they're playing some great rugby. You know, they played Newton Stewart at the at the at the Christmas at the festive, and we're not a million miles away from them. You know, we were really impressed, and then gone into the league season, they end up to lose a couple of games to to teams that are, you know, five divisions below. They've they've just raised their game for Newton Stewart. So it's it's a challenge for Gregor. It's a challenge for the for the leadership groups at, at Shire to make sure that these boys stay on task. Um the last thing you want is your whole season to crumble by the wayside and and you look like you've been a top four, top five team, to then all of a sudden slide down the table, because it's not long after a couple of losses that you end up, you know, they could end up finishing fifth below Eddingston. So Shire are really looking to try and keep themselves in that top three contention. They're currently sitting in fourth, so they'll want to keep winning the rest of this season so they can build and start again.
0: The other team, aside from Glasgow Unimetics that I don't know a hell of a lot about, in fact, I'll just be honest and expose myself on the podcast here. Shawlins I've never even heard of Shawlins as a rugby club, to be completely honest. But they're at home this weekend, and they've got Cammy Little's Moffat.
1: Yeah, Shawlin's is uh, is in Glasgow, Roscoe. So there you go. Every day's a school day for you. So yeah, Moffat travelling travelling up the the motorway up into. Uh, into Glasgow to go and play Shaolins. Uh, Bella Houston, I think, is actually the, the location of where they are. Shaolins are only one position above Moffat in the table, so on paper it looks like a winnable game for Moffat. But when you look at the points, Shalins are probably double the points of them in the league. It's an opportunity for Moffat. You know they're looking for a new head coach. Tammy's coming to the end of his tenure. Uh, they're coming to the end of their their league campaign. It's almost a, a an opportunity for the guys to keep their morale high, pick up some good performances, making sure that they're building on what Cami's been been talking to them for about the last you know seven or eight years, or however long Cami was, kami has been coaching them and put themselves in the best place for a new coach to come in and take over and and then uh, kick on from where they where they've you know they've obviously struggled this season, but it's a good chance a new coach to really try and impress them and see where the the next season takes them. So it's not a do or die. It's a bit of pride for Moffat. They want to put their best, as I say, put their best foot forward and put in a good performance here.
0: Chance to show the new coach, whoever he may be, exactly what Moffat are about and that that they really should be at the flip end of, of where they are. Now, three women's games as well this weekend. And these are teams that I have managed to have a look at in the past I've actually heard of these teams at least and they're three very very good games Sirens in the Sarah Beanie Cup to start with are away this weekend to
1: Kostorfen It's well, so that's a, that's a real, real tough one for the, for the Sirens for those who don't follow much of women's rugby um, Kostorfen finished second in the in the Premiership they lost out to, Stirling County, who who ended up winning the winning the whole comp, so they are a really really good side who have only lost twice this season. So the sirens are going into that knowing fine well that they they did it putting a good performance against Heriots, who finished fourth in the table in the Premiership. But Kistorfen is going to be a, a sort of different kettle of fish. They're really going to need to be on the ball, travelling as well up there, it's going to be a real tough one especially after news has broke that they've unfortunately uh, Dav Thompson, their head coach has has stepped down so sirens are in a little bit of of a transition period now they've had the excitement the excitement of going unbeaten in the league, winning the league going into the cup run doing fairly well bad news of some cancellation games, not getting a chance to potentially go after Hills who they, they probably reckoned they could win, their coach then then stepping down, the hunt for a new coach. So they're in a little bit of a little bit of a transition phase. So it's either going to go one or two ways. You either you either, you know, come together as a squad and and go after Christorfin and, and see where you put in a performance, see where the chips the chips fall, or you implode and it ends up an absolute disaster. Obviously I'm hoping for the for well, the first one, I'm hoping it binds the team together and they're able to to punch on and go and put in a good performance against Kerstorfin Kirstor- and you know finish off their Serabini Cup run with some some good performances. But time will tell. We'll see what we'll see what Sirens squad we get.
0: Yeah, such a talented squad and they've been fantastic this season. Interesting to see what the the future lies for for the Sirens and this weekend especially against a top team in Kostorfin. Now, in the National Shield, we have a game in the National Shield and a game in the National Plate. The National Shield, to start with, we've Shire, travelling to Broughton.
1: Do you know where Broughton is? You must know where Broughton is, Edinburgh boy.
0: Yes, I know, I know where Broughton is. Because <laughs> <laughs> <to open> and, <laughs> and Broughton I know very well, so that's that's okay. Just Shawlands and that that one I couldn't pronounce a few weeks ago. I don't don't know much about those. Highland <laughs> yeah. yeah. and Sholand and nah, that I, I know I know the Castorfans and the Broughtons and the Barers,
1: <laughs> yeah, so Broughton, they obviously play the rugby in national Division one, so Shire, it's a, again it's an opportunity they're playing they're playing someone in that division a little bit higher than they are. Broughton have had a up and down season, Shire obviously having their games called off last weekend again, it's sort of looking at that sort of aspect of do you how does a team come together after that? The disappointment of, of losing that that fixture, not being able to play that week. Can they can they keep their spirits high, go on the road and go to Broughton where they know it's going to be a real, real tough game and are they able to pull out a pull out a result off the back of that? It's not impossible, because as I say, Broughton have only only won three three games in the in the league. It's all to play for. It'll be a real interesting one in the little cup games as well. Broughton have played two, lost two, uh, Shire won two, and lost one. So again, on paper, fairly evenly matched. This is definitely a winnable game. Shire looking to kick on and see where they see where they finish up in the in their pool A fixtures.
0: Last but not least is the national plate. Chocolates and, and Warriors are playing against Oban-Lorne
1: Annen obviously absolutely flying in their, in their cup run they've played 3-1-3 three, three, but Oban-Lorne are also flying, they've played 2-1-2 two, two. this is the top of the their little pool clash Oban, it's going to be a long journey for Anon to get themselves up to Oban to play that game, But I've made that trip many times it's, it's not a not an easy one to make have met each other, I'm sure they've met each other in the league they've obviously met each other in the league before, so Annan know that that trip is a a telling one, because the last time they played in Oban against Oban in the league fixture it was 65-5 so they're hoping for a a better performance off the back of that I would suggest, it's the glory of the cup, you never know what's going to happen
0: now Eight fixtures to look forward to. Hopefully all go ahead after we're getting very close to the end of the season, as we said. But we've also quite a bit of any other rugby business. And I think almost all of them are filled with some congratulations in order, which is
1: fantastic to see. So would you like to kick us off this week, John? Yeah, we'll, we'll start We'll start in date order, will we? We'll start in date order. So first off, I've s- spoke about it last couple of weeks on the pod. This is the week of the regional school finals. So schools are taking part from across Dunfrees and Galloway at Park Farm on Thursday to see who wins overall in the the under-14s championship. So good luck to all the schools and all the pupils that are taking part in that. Of course, if you follow us on our Facebook page, you will also see that we have some girls who have been nominated or selected for the Scotland under-16 and under-18 teams. Again, pretty much a spread from across the the region of Dumfries and Galloway. So you have Megan Hutchison from Annan Rugby Club, selected for Scotland under-16s. Tilda Henderson of Stuart Rugby Club. Lucy Giles of Dumfries Saints. And Imogen Spence, Lockerbie Academy but she plays her rugby out of bigger so congratulations to those girls who have made it through at under 18 we have Lottie Russell who has been selected out of Stirling County but she is a former Wigtonshire girl, Stranraer Academy so she's played her way through and we've got Louise Taprell from Dumfries Saints who has also been selected for Scotland under-18s team. So I think their Six Nations starts not this weekend, but the following weekend. This weekend is, of course, the start of the women's Six Nations. So Scotland are coming up against Edinburgh. Edinburgh. Scotland are coming up against England, away from home in their first, their first round of that. And I think the girls, they all follow in behind. I think they're first ones in Wales. I think their first fixture, if I'm, if I'm correct. Mm-hmm. Congratulations to those girls and all the very best to, of course, Scotland, women's in their Six Nations and, of course, the age grade teams in their Junior Six Nations.
0: So, John, we've had a lot of girls picked for some great sides. We're looking forward to those as well. But this weekend, we also have a lot of boys playing in various finals.
1: Yeah, so this is, you know, the sort of weekend of the West Cup finals. So we have Saints under-18s playing in the West Cup final against West of Scotland. That's under-18 level. And then uh, under-16 level, there is Stewartry versus GHA play in the Shield final. The under-16s, there is also the Dumfries Saints under-16s are competing in the bowl against Hamilton. That's going to be this Sunday. You We go down under-16s to the Chairman's Trophy competition where Newton Stewart and Wigtonshire are taking on Comarnock in the final of that cup competition. And then down in the under-15 age group, you uh, have Dumfries Saints versus White Craigs of the under-15 bowl competition. So those games are going to be played this weekend. Other than the Stewartry GHA Shield final, it's not being played this weekend. It's going to be played probably after the Easter holidays, if I'm honest at this point. But congratulations to those guys making it through to their respective finals. And all the very best of luck to all teams across Dumfries and Galloway this weekend. We do have also some awards Ross that have been that have been dished out you've been following this tweeting about this on our on our socials.
0: Yes. So the Scottish Rugby Awards have been announced in the last couple of days and we've we've had the Glasgow South Region award winners from the Scottish Rugby Community Recognition Cups and we've some more congratulations in order. So the first Go to Moffat Rams for winning the Community Club of the Season. A well done to Gary Coupland at Annan, who won the Adam Gray Memorial Award, and also to David Irvin at Wigtonshire for Volunteer of the Season in Youth Rugby.
1: Roscoe. Moffat getting community club of the season, they've only been in existence for uh, I think it's just under thirty years. But the stuff that they do, as we said when Kami was on, you know, the stuff they do in the community is just unbelievable. They obviously offer the rugby activity that they have on the pitch, you know, the fourteens, sixteens, they've got their their girls section, they've got their men's team. You know, they're doing really well in the, in the schools programs. You know, they, they won the under-14s last season. They've made the finals again this this season. You know, they're really on field are doing some incredible work. But off the pitch as well, you know, they've, they've did food banks. They've did charitable donations, an Easter egg hunt, Santa's Grotto, a Halloween drive. They've gone and picked up litter. They've... You know they they do loads and loads of stuff in, in the community, off the pitch uh, that makes their players better people, better humans, which is just incredible. You know work on the on field, work on the off field, create that real community buzz. It's just an incredible, incredible effort from everyone at, at Moffat Rugby Club. So massive congratulations to them. And then of course we've got David Irvin, who if you follow me on. On my socials, I managed to get an autograph from this man when we last gave him a congratulations. So any time Wigtonshire women or Wigtonshire girls are, are playing, Davy Davy's kicking about. He is all over it. He, he is described by Wigtonshire Rugby Club as the heart and soul of the, the, the girls' section. He's coached across all the age groups, and he's taken on a real push for the, to develop the women, the women and girls game over there. There's been a real increase in the time that he's, he's been around. I was speaking to Neve Finlay the other day, and she describes him as the most selfless and dedicated person she's ever seen. He gives up so much of his own time to help. He's so positive. And for the girls to have him as a coach and a role model is an inspiration and for them to, someone for them to really look up to. He's a truly an amazing person. I've I've met him, obviously I know him, I've had many a chat on the sideline. He is a real, real good guy. So congratulations to him on his award. It's really well deserved for all the hard graft that he does down at Wigtonshire with the girls specifically, but also obviously over the last couple of years with everything that he's, he's given to that club. So well done to him. And last but not least, big uh, big guys, Gary Copeland, and. What an absolute legend. 40 plus years he's been involved in rugby and in Free St. Galloway. I remember first coming down, when I first moved down here in 2008, Gary was uh, Gary was over at Annan. He was the man that did everything. You know, every club's got one. Every club's got that guy that, you know, all the little jobs that go unseen and go unnoticed get done because of these people, because of these people in each of the clubs. And, and Gary's that guy for Annan. Um, and for him to win the Adam Gray Award, obviously Adam is close to my heart. I genuinely could not think of a of a better recipient for this, this year's award than than Gaz. Uh, Adam absolutely loved him, loved what he'd done. So it's it's a real fitting tribute that he's he's won the award for um in Adam's name. You know, he's been the driving force in Annan for the last, you know, well oh, for forever, for as long as I've been down here. Gary's been the man, he's I've seen him you know, coaching under fourteens, he the the following week he'll be away with under sixteens, then the next time he's got a carload under eighteens to go and give them a game. He's he does the match reports for the first fifteen, he's he was the president of the club, he was, you know, the groundsman, he would come and open up for any coaching courses or anything like that we had. He he was just if you if you needed to get in contact with somebody Aaron, and get something done, Gary Copeland was the guy. You know, Truly an amazing servant to the sport and to Anna Rugby Club. They were really, really lucky to have him. And it's a really well deserved award for Gary as well. Tremendous effort from him.
0: Yeah, massive congratulations to everyone that won an award, Glasgow South. Massive congratulations to all the girls being picked for, for regionals, for nationals these few weekends coming up. Eight fixtures to be played, and hopefully a lot of roundup to come next week with even more congratulations to give out but for now that was episode 22 on to the next one John thank you very much mate
1: cheers boy
0: thank you for listening to another episode of the Dumfries and Galloway rugby podcast if you enjoyed today's episode please leave us a like and review on our social medias John give us a wee reminder of what they are
1: so our Facebook page is Dumfries and Galloway rugby podcast Our Instagram and Twitter handles are dgrugbypod. We also have the Score Predictor, which we run weekly, which will be on our social media accounts. And once again, thank you for any support that you offer the pod. It really does help us spread the word of rugby in Dumfries and Galloway across the country.